Welcome to Britt David Podcast, as Pastor Tim continues a new verse-by-verse study of the book of 2 Timothy, with a message entitled, The Power of Partnership, from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3-5. through 5. Pastor Tim states, there is an old African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone, but if you want to go far, walk together. That is true in the Christian life. We are better in partnership with like-minded brothers and sisters in Christ. Here, Paul talks to Timothy about the power of partnerships. Here's Pastor Tim. I want us to do something a little bit different tonight as we get started. So you're going to have to look to your right and to your left, see who you got on either one of those sides. Well, I don't have anybody on my right, or I don't have anybody on my Well, then just pick somebody. Okay, so, so look at the folks that you got around you, all right? We're going to spend some time praying for them, but in, in a specific way tonight. What is it that you know of about that person that is of their greatest value? What is it about that person that makes them valuable to you? What is it about that person that makes them valuable to the Lord, to the church? What is it that they do? What do they contribute? Maybe, maybe they have a job here at church, you know, uh, or maybe they don't. But how is it that they serve the kingdom? That makes sense, kind of what we're looking for? Not something, not a fill in the blank. You're just looking for that in that person's life. You got it? All right, we're going to spend time praying, but what I want you to do in your prayer is to pray a prayer of thanksgiving. Just thankful for the Lord that that God's put that person in your life. You know, some may be closer than others. In fact, you may look across the way and you find somebody that you you don't even know. But God's put you together tonight, at least. There's something good to be thankful for, for them. All right? So let's do that. It's going to get quiet in here for just a minute. Uh, So let me speak to the folks that are watching at home for a minute. It's going to get quiet on your screen. And you can participate. You know, just because you're at home doesn't mean that you can't participate in this part. Maybe there's somebody in your house as you're watching this and uh, you're thinking about those kind of things about them. Maybe there's not anybody there. <laughs> then I'll tell you just what I just told everybody in here. Just pick somebody, you know, somebody that you know of, that you're thankful for and that you value in your life. Okay? Let's spend some time thanking the Lord for them. You ready? All right. Bow your head and close your eyes. Let's do it.
that as you get through. Kind of bring those to a close. Bring it to a close this way. Jesus, I'm so thankful. I'm really thankful for every person that's in here. Thank you for the value that they bring to my life and to our church. Praying that you would continue to use them as they are being used, that they would have a sense of satisfaction and fulfillment in all the ways that they serve you. Father, also that you'd provide them with fruit, fruit for their labors. Pray that it would be measurable. Pray that it would be encouraging. I pray that it would be just what they need to continue on to do what they do one more time. Father, I ask your blessings over them. I ask your blessings over our church. As somebody prayed earlier today, just help us to, help us to grow in the right kind of way. Father, I ask, I ask that knowing that you're going to use the very people in this room and the very people that are watching from home uh, to do that and to bring it about. And I pray that you will. In Jesus' name, amen. I meant to check my scores just a minute ago. I was watching, um, I was watching the Buccaneers and the, and the Rams a while ago. Like him or loathe him, uh, Tom Brady is just the best. You know, I mean, he's just, he just is. Other than the New England Patriots team that he played for for so many years, Tom Brady has won more Super Bowls than any other team has even been to throughout their entire history. Um, it's incredible. And as I watched today, one of the things that the commentators kept saying was, they kept talking about last year. You know, sometimes we can't remember who, the, who even played the previous year. But if you remember, it was the Buccaneers last year. And they went and they won it in their own home stadium. And it was all a big buzz and big buzz about Tom Brady at that point. So today's talk was all about how last year's championship was due 100% to Tom Brady. It's not true, is it? It's sure not true now because he's still on the team and they ain't going to make it, I don't believe, <laughs> unless, there's a, unless there's some kind of miraculous fourth quarter comeback that I hadn't seen. Quarterback's only as good as the people that can catch the ball. Quarterback's only as good as the hiker that hikes the ball. Quarterback's only as good as the blockers that block for him. Quarterback's only as good as the defense that gives him the ball back, isn't he? We are, in many ways, like the football team where we work together. There's not one person that, that all of the duty falls upon, that all of the praise and all of the, all of the glory, if you will, falls upon because that person is the one that has made us what we are. It's just not the way church works. It's not the way football works. There's an old African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, walk together. And that's kind of where we are, isn't it? Um, we're, we were talking in the car yesterday um, about uh, Ann Sullivan and Helen Keller. You know that story about uh, Ann Sullivan became this blind and deaf little girl's teacher. Uh, but their relationship didn't stay that way, did it? They had that student-teacher relationship for a while, but then Ann Sullivan became her governess, became her traveling companion, became her friend in the end. And uh, um, Helen Keller said about Ann Sullivan, 
Um, she said, alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. That really is true in the Christian life, and it is true in church. We don't do this by ourselves. So there, there's probably some people that are here, and there certainly are some people that are watching at home, I bet you, who feel like they are all by themselves. That they feel like they, they, they live life by themselves, that they have acquaintances but no real friends, that they don't, I mean, they come to church, but they don't really have a church family, so to speak. It's not the way it's designed to be. We are made for partnership, aren't we? I want to talk to you tonight about the power of those partnerships and some of the partnerships that we have out of 2 Timothy chapter 1. Hope that you have your Bible. You've already turned there. Uh, we are going to, we just started last week uh, working our way verse by verse through this book. Tonight we're going to try to tackle three different verses, verses 3, 4, and 5 in that, uh, in that very first chapter. And in those, in those few verses, there is the mention of many partnerships that Paul has. When we think about, uh, we think about the early church and we think about through the book of Acts and think about post-Acts through the, uh, the epistles then that are being written all within that, uh, within that first century. I mean, it, it's almost as if the Apostle Paul is the Tom Brady of the Christian church. That, that, that everything, everything that, that the church enjoys is because of what Paul has done. You know, because, because of Paul's ministry, because of Paul's letters, because of Paul's testimony, because of Paul's witness, because of all of these things simply that Paul has done. Paul was never simply by himself. He surrounded himself with good people all along the way. I think about Aquila and Priscilla, those tent makers that were his partners in ministry. I think about Barnabas. You know, Barnabas, if it hadn't been for Barnabas... Paul may have never gone on the first missionary trip in the first place. And I think about John Mark. Remember the relationship between Paul and John Mark? John Mark was one of their, uh, one of their companions on that first missionary journey. But John Mark got cold feet. John Mark got nervous. He left the mission trip early, went back home to mama's house. And Paul did not want to forgive him for that. I mean, he left him. He abandoned him right in the, right in the middle of the ministry. Do you know anybody like that? Do you have anybody in your life that you feel like that way? This person abandoned me. I am never going to trust them again. I am never going to work with them again. By the time we get to the end of this particular epistle that we're looking at, Paul's going to tell Timothy, go get John Mark. He is useful to me for ministry. People in ministry are useful. I mean, it's not that you use them, and it's not simply that they're projects. But there is a usefulness within partnership that makes every person valuable. Every person valuable. Every part of the machine has to work for the machine to work right. Every part of the team has to work right. Every part of the body. Remember, that's Paul's great illustration. Every part of the body needs to work right in order for the body to work right. When one part doesn't work right, 
The rest of the body pays the price, right? Same thing's true in church. When one part of the body doesn't do what that part of the body is supposed to do, it's the rest of the body that pays the price for it. Because somebody has to make up for that lost time. Let's look at these partnerships that are here. I want you to see, first of all, that you have, number one, you have a primary partnership. You have a primary partnership. You are not in this all by yourself, no matter what. Even if you, if you get on a, on a deserted island and it's just you. I mean, Gilligan ain't even there, right? I mean, it is, it is just you on that island. You're still not by yourself, are you? You don't have to put a handprint on a volleyball to feel like you got somebody there who's with you. God's with you, right? That's where Paul begins. Look at verse number 3. He says, I thank God. That's the first one. That is the primary partnership that you have. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. Now, understand this. When we say that we serve God, it's not in terms of slavery. We're not God's... I mean, the Bible does use that word. We are, we are in a sense, I guess, God's slave. But, but, but not in the American slave kind of analogy. He is not the massa, you know, and we the slave. It's not that kind of relationship whatsoever. It's not that you are serving him out of fear. And it's not that you are doing for him as he sits back and simply enjoys the fruits of your labor. Now we use this term this morning and we see it, in, once again we see it in Paul's writings, that we are co-laborers with him. We're in partnership with him. Listen, if you try to live the Christian life all by yourself, I promise you that you're going to fail. I promise you that you're going to get frustrated. I promise you that you're going to either feel like a, like you feel so stuck like a four-wheel drive truck in the middle of a mud hole. You know, you're going to feel stuck like, or you're going to feel like the rat that's on the wheel. You know? It's not that we serve God while He sits back with His feet propped up. We serve Him. We serve with Him. We serve according to His will. We serve according to His power. How do you have power to do what God's called you to do? When he says, I serve God, how do, you, how do you have power to serve the Lord? You only have that through him. He gives you that power. It's a part of the partnership. He supplies the duty. He supplies the power. He even supplies the fruit. You work alongside him. You ever had those times when maybe, maybe it's a church work day, maybe it's a mission trip, maybe it's some kind of work project that we've got going on, and you're working right alongside people from church. You ever notice that sometimes when that happens, you typically work alongside people that you don't usually fellowship with in church? You know, you, 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 find, you get to know somebody on a whole different level. You're working beside them. It's not easy work sometimes. It's hard work. But the hands are light when there are people there to share it with you. And as we work together, 
it develops that kind of partnership. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. But our primary partnership is God. Now, I say primary because, well, obviously, he's to say, stay in first place. But I also say primary because if he's not first, then all the other partnerships don't work. If it's simply a partnership like a business partnership, the business is not going to thrive if God's not in first place. I'm not looking for power. I'm not looking for direction. I'm not even looking for fruit from the people that I'm working with. I have to depend upon the Lord for all of that. So he becomes my primary partner as I walk through life. And notice this. He says, I can serve him with a pure conscience. That's important, isn't it? It's important. I'm not, I'm not serving God because I, I, I feel guilty. I'm not serving God because I'm trying to make up for past mistakes. I'm serving God with a pure conscience. I'm serving God because He saved me and He's called me to this. I want to do for Him and with Him. I want to live life in partnership with the one true living God. That's what it means to have a primary partnership. But there's some other partnerships. These are secondary. I, I don't know that they're necessarily in like one, two, three, four order, but we're going to take them in the order that Paul mentions them. Okay? The next one that he mentions is this. He says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience. And look at this next phrase. As my forefathers did. You have past partnerships. You have some past partnerships where you may not be starting a new kind of ministry. You may not be starting a new area of service. Somebody else has already done that. You're building on a foundation that's already been laid. I've done that. Now I can't remember. I don't remember where I am in the order and the number of pastors that Britt David has had. But those guys that have gone before me have laid a foundation that I get to build upon. I, I mean, I look back through Britt David's history, and there's some, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just going to be honest with you, there's some of those guys that shouldn't have been pastors in the first place. You know? But at the same time, they have some value to the kingdom. So when I look back, and I look back in my own setting, I look back simply as pastor here. What are my past partnerships? First one I think of is Clark Standard. Clark is um, the, the second longest tenured pastor at Britt David. You know? I mean, he gave, he gave everything to hear. He gave, he, gave, he gave the primary part of his life and the raising up of his children right here into this place. He laid a good foundation. And the church was growing and blowing, wasn't it, at that particular time? How in the world that we have more room than, than they had back then, and yet they're doubling and sometimes even tripling the number of people that we have. I don't, I don't even, I can't, I can't fathom, I can't fathom where y'all were. <laughs> How you fit like little sardines in this place, you know? And he won people to Jesus. 
He saw people could surrender their lives to ministry. I mean, what, what Clark did here is a partnership. Listen, when it comes to those past partnerships, and, and I'm, just, I'm simply using myself as, as an example at this point in the position that I hold. I'm not in, I am not in competition with Clark Standard. <laughs> I can't compete to Clark Standard. You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not in competition with him. I'm in partnership with him. The Olympics are getting ready to come around. Of course, these are the Winter Olympics. When the Summer Olympics finally make their way around, you get to see a lot of the track events. One of those track events is going to be uh, where, the, where they will pass the baton in their race, right? You see that happening, and, and that one runner, I mean, they're giving it everything they've got, and they're holding that baton as they run, and then the next person's waiting at the start line. That next person starts running, don't they? They got their hand out, they're just ready. It's just how it works. When that person makes their lap, you know what they're going to do? They're going to hand the baton off to somebody else. What you want is in that race, for that race to continue the way that it has. You know? If it's going well, if there's, if there's been a good plan through runner number one, runner number two, man, you want runners three and four to continue on. That's what we want in church, isn't it? When, when the baton gets handed, you're holding a trust. You're holding, a, you're holding a responsibility in your hand that is far greater than you are, that's lasted far longer than you've lived. And that trust comes from the Lord. As he gave it to them, and he gives it to you. You may not be the pastor, but some of your Sunday school teachers... Somebody at some point handed you a baton. Some of your deacons. Somebody handed you a baton. Some of you sing on praise team or in the choir or whatever. You can play things. Somebody handed you a baton. No matter what your role is here, somebody, somewhere, has handed that baton to you. Recognize then that the responsibility that you have is a true duty, is a, is a genuine trust. You have been entrusted with a responsibility. And one of these days, you're going to hand the baton. I want to hand the baton better than it got handed to me. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to jank on somebody before me. I'm just saying even if I got a good a good handoff, I want to deliver a good handoff. That means that I learned from my past partnerships. As Paul looks into this, and he's, remember, he's writing this to Timothy. He's writing to a young guy, a guy who may look back and say, I don't need to know that stuff. I don't need to know Christian church history. I don't need to know the history in Ephesus. I don't need to know who, you know, who you're following. I don't need to know that stuff. I just need to keep my eyes straight ahead. 
those guys in the past might, um, might differ with that, right? He says, as my forefathers did. You look back on that sacred trust that they have and then understand that you're holding that too. So just as they took that seriously, I want to take this responsibility seriously. And I want to continue on. Okay? Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his verse-by-verse study of 2 Timothy. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is church office at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801 West Britt David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Britt David Podcast.